Welcome to the Farm Yarns Podcast, where we rip off the filters and get stuck into some topics. Have something you want said? Let us know by email farmyarns at farmsofice.com.au. There'll be some of these, but there'll also be some of these. G'day and welcome to this week's segment of Farm Yarns, where we dive behind the audio to find out who inspires our guests, what motivates them, what they would like to debunk, and also what resources they lean on to get the most out of their agri-business. So let's get down to it, Farm Yarns. Well, we had you on early on in the week, talking everything farming, your family farm and the history, deep history of what you had. You're actually the longest farming farmer I've had, not yourself, but your family with seven generations going through onto your farm, but enough of that. And we'll be getting into farm yarns. So welcome to Farms Vice Farm Yarns. Thank you, Jack. Good to be here. So let's find out a little bit about yourself, Will. Kick us off. What's your morning routine? I'm a horrendous morning person. I'll snooze the alarm 25 times if I can and ideally not get up. Um, well, I don't sleep well. The other way, yeah. <laughs> I just don't sleep well. I work all night though. That's my problem. So I do like to wake up though and have five, 10 minutes of think time. So I try and map out my day a bit and think about what's got to be done, who's got to be where. Um, I'll get up, not a big eater, generally have a coffee and a quick trip to the toilet and uh, then I'll be on the road. So I've usually got an hour commute ahead of me um, back up to the farm. So I'll try and see my kids. Is it a busy route going out farm? It's not too bad. I'm going against traffic and... Nice highlights with cruise control and that active cruise control. So I'll use the drive to drink a coffee, get a croissant, or like a bit of a Frenchman's breakfast. And, uh, yeah, voice to text is king. And, uh, yeah, try and get some phone calls through or just listen to podcasts. So chewing through the Farms Advice one at the moment. And um, that's getting through. Right problem. on the mark as well. You're my average of that hour, 45 minutes. Yep. Perfect. And... Tell us in 60 seconds about your, not the first memory now, it's your favourite memory on farm. What's your favourite memory on farm? My favourite memories are with my brothers and my cousins running amok, um, building buggies and, and you know, buggies. And we used to fix up trucks and we had a beach buggy running on a Volkswagen engine. And we would just flog that thing around the place, tow ourselves on toboggans behind utes. And yeah, all, all five of us having a riot. Um, they're my funnest memories as a young kid. All the frowned upon stuff. Yeah, yeah. We and we had a ball. Um, it was great. There's five of us out there. Yep. We had a good time. Unreal. And for yourself, who do you think would be your most influential person in your life, personally or professionally, as an academia now? Um, I've had a couple of really good mentors in science. My PhD supervisors were very powerful, but. The most influential person on my whole life was my outdoor education teacher when I was at school. Um, he took me aside, pointed out I was unique in some ways that don't be afraid of that. I was riding into rock climbing and mountaineering and, and whatnot, not, not footy and cricket. And uh, he just told me to be myself and that got rid of some social issues that I was having. And I found myself with him and he guided me through school and we stayed friends ever since, been climbing mountains. I only saw him a couple of days ago. And um, he, yeah, really empowered me to be comfortable in myself, put myself out there and not try and fit a mould. 
good stuff. So he knows about it all as well. It's a lot, a lot of the time, influential people, they're detached from the people, uh, but he's still talking about. Yeah, and he's um, it's fascinating. Like he's he kept unreal diaries, done some amazing stuff in his life, and yeah, like I people see me as a risk taker, but I'm a very focused. Like I love competition aerobatics, mountaineering, rock climbing. Pretty loose on a mountain bike. Was it triathlon or something the other day? That you... Oh, I did a half marathon, the world's half marathon, straight off the couch and no training, straight up the mountain. One thousand. No, where it looked like you just finished landmarking or something. That's like the story in my but, head. I did, yeah. Just like finished landmarking and then uh, Sunday morning ran a half marathon and then did an ultra marathon a couple of weeks later as a team. <laughs> I'm not a runner. But uh, I do that with the Movember guys, um, some great guys. And, yeah, the Mobros, Hobart Mobros, big fundraising group. And I raised a couple of grand doing it each year, but I should train. It's just get busy in spring. I think it just so, comes back to that 30 hours of Tasmanian weather. Yeah. Yeah, yep. exactly. I, I've been more screwed after a day in the sheep yards than running that half marathon. I get to top of that and feel pretty good. Yep. Like, you know, you do more steps. We get a higher step count in the sheep yards some days than running that thing. <laughs> imagine and what's a myth you'd like to debunk about tassie farming uh the father's day is very confusing we're not that inbred <laughs> no i think one of the biggest things about tassie is that it's always green everyone thinks it's always green down here um it's not um you know we we 380 mil 400 mil rainfall here so you know we get some of those wimmera style climates um right through to the northwest coast which is only 150 kilometres away, where it's just rainfalls and metre deep soils. So incredibly varied microclimates here, and people don't realise it until they come down and take around. A year, average. Yeah, that's what we're on here, farming about 450, I think, here. But yeah, a couple of places are, are you know, getting high 300s, low 400s over the last uh, 10 years, which is scary. And so that's why irrigation is so big here. Um, you know, you get a booming spring, and then we can carry it through. And we get the daylight, so carrot seeds, potatoes, poppies, pyrethrum, all these all these variable crops we can grow, plus dairying, it's all there. Yeah, I thought you for sure would have been over a meter. I was meant to ask it in the last episode, but nah, yeah, I'm I'm 450 here right now. It's meant to be like 550, but I think the last five years it's really pulled back. Yeah. And yeah, rain with the droughts are brutal. And we I've had three, had three in my farming career. And they sting, and I'm yeah. That's where irrigation's great. It's bloody expensive. Like a simple grazing operation makes more money probably, but we can get continuity in production, um, which meant to help you sleep at night till the gearbox goes in the pivot. Or <laughs> that leads me into the next one. Do you recommend pivots? Get a good um, yeah, check pivot, out pivots over linears. Totally. Um, so lateral moves. Like we've got lateral moves with the complex moves. Think with irrigation systems, build it for the future. I've literally just wasted $50,000 rebuilding pipes and pumps because we just, you know, at the time it was cheaper. But, um, yeah, irrigation, build capacity and automation. And I think the big one for me has been drainage under irrigation. That's the biggest bang for your buck that I see with the drone business and everything else. Uh, once you start adding water, it's a lot of water and, and the impacts of 5% of your ground lost that you can drain helps. Don't get wrapped up in tech with them. Um, you know, I got burnt putting on a kilometer, like one of my pivots is nearly a kilometer long, 18 spans, 960 meters, full variable rate. 
160 hectares under the one machine. And um, yeah, the variable rate's been a bloody nightmare. Like, just chewed up my time. So every every sprinkler can apply between zero and 100%. And there's 390 sprinklers on the machine. So as it goes over a low spot, it'll ramp the water back because water will run around it. And uh, boggy areas or dry areas of the water, 100%. But because it's so long, part of it goes up a hill, which is a sand dune. And then the bottom's on a black silt mulch and clay. And you want to pull the water back and water only 40% because it's got huge water holding capacity. And so that that was good. And that was a that was out of a government scheme. But I really like pivots um, because they're attached to a lump of concrete and they can't walk out. Like I've had linears go through fences wake up and look at the camera and see it's not on the wheel track and it's going down a road and you're like tear out there in your underpants and it's pulled out 200 meters of fence and running over a gate as you get there and you're just like oh, i hate this thing <laughs> and yeah and don't buy second hand ones that's <laughs> unless you want to be an electrician as a farmer i know work may be the answer but it can't be for this question but what keeps you up at night Keeps me worried. Excited. Um, More excited, yeah. You could flip. Yeah, I think, look, for me, what worries me the most at the moment has been risk to the infrastructure staff, you know, people. I need people to make this business now run. That that stresses me out, getting that right. And cash flow, um, you know, that that one can make me anxious, but I've learned to not let it bite me too hard. So trying to keep books up to date and budgeting and then reconciling against my budget looking at variants, like variance reports, just doing that keeps me calm. That's that's a big thing I've learned to do to bring down my anxiety and plan. That keeps me going. You know, if I don't plan and have that strategy going forward and a budget, a plan, you know, $500 decision in Excel versus a, you make a $5 choice in the paddock and rushing, having it all mapped out, but then being able to react when it goes wrong. 100%. Yeah, I think for me, that's the one that works. Um, yeah. And then I get excited about development. I love it. I love developing stuff. <laughs> I just yeah, thrive on it. Just don't like the cash going out the door. Ching, ching, ching. <laughs> Results would be there in the back end though. But for yourself off the back of that, after worrying all night or being excited, having a buzz, how do you take time to look after yourself? You do a few extra curricular activities. Yep. Um, so I am quite self-aware of my mental health and I take a bit of time out every day for a bit of mindfulness as cliche as it sounds to just chill out, meditate, find my space. Um, that helps me a lot and keeps me trying to not be a grumpy person. Um, stigma of that, you're not sitting down with your arms crossed. I've got my fingers in O's here at the moment. Um, yeah. There's not a farmer no. in the paddock going through Tassie and you look on the right and hey, what's that bloke doing? Will's meditating. A couple of about, there's a couple about to do that. Yeah, that's full on. Yeah, get in the shaker and it just really cool. They love it. But for me, it's I throw the phone somewhere, um, chuck that in the ute or whatever, and I might just wander off and sit on a rock or sit on a sag or I'll just go home. Yep. I'll just go back to the house and just sit down and just contemplate, not not engage in anything. And I do that every day to try and find some space. So what I call me space or me time, I protect that quite aggressively. Um and then I like, you know, I love my outdoor pursuits and stuff. So I love my mountain biking. The kids are getting into that now. So we get out and take the day off. Weather looks mint. Let's go to Medina. And we've got a world-class downhill tracks an hour away. Just do it. 
rather than going leaning or something else, like build a strategy so you can. Um, love my scuba diving, fishing, getting away to our shack, yeah. um, all of that stuff. But yeah, I haven't right now building those systems in has been tricky, but yeah, I take it. I love, yeah, bit of an adrenaline freak. I love my gliding as well and, and competition aerobatics and flying. Just, yeah, just well, can't drive a train. Yeah. <laughs> All the easy and cheap stuff. Yeah, yeah. The three Fs for flies, floats, or something else. Um, you should just hire it. That's what I got told once. It's <laughs> a good one. Um, oh, we won't quote it. So, getting getting deeper. What's your deepest fear? Uh, for me, my deepest fear is being unhappy, not being able to find happiness. Um, everything else, I think. Burying your brother and digging his grave and whatnot, that, that changed my perspective a lot about failure. Um, I'm not afraid to stuff up now. I'm quite happy to push. And I don't care what people think. Um, I do some, in some elements, but it, really, it doesn't define me. Um, so failure doesn't scare me. But, yeah, it's, it's that element of happiness. If I can't build a system where I can find happiness and, you know, everyone around me is happy, that... that that's getting to me. And I'm in that space right now. I'm, I'm struggling to find that balance and that, that puts the wind up me. Was yeah. your brother like a pivotal moment for you, you think? It, it was. I think anyone that's lost a sibling and then also, you know, my parents dealing with that. Um, it impacted me more than I realised, but I dealt with it and got professional help, um, which guys in ag don't do. Um, you know, I think my dad didn't really get help in that space, but mum and I had to go get help because we both had careers that we had to get back to. I couldn't think. My brain shut down for a good six months. And, um, yeah, the trauma of that. But then, yeah, the, the quote in my PhD thesis is, you know, uh, it's a Latin quote basically saying, don't let trauma define you. You can get back up and go again. And so I've taken that ethos and, and the lessons out of it, you know, you find the pain from it, but you also find the positives. It changes your attitude towards people, interactions, and life's short. Let's make it count, you know. Don't be an arsehole. I used to be quite a troll online. I got rid of, got, got out of that phase. Just a little smart-ass shit. <laughs> Stir people up and, you know, you could, yeah, you could bait people into it. But, um, yeah, just cutting that kind of crap out of what I do and who I am. Trying to be a better person to everyone. Good yeah. stuff, mate. And for the farmers, how can we be better farmers? How do you think that is for you? Uh, I think working, collaborating as a group, you know, um, talking openly and sharing successes and failures. We often don't share our successes enough. We're such an industry where it's very frowned upon. And Australia Day Lamb Ad is the classic, isn't it, that, that just came out. It, it, that's that Aussie culture. But, yeah, not, you know, saying to someone else, geez, you've done a bloody good job on that, you know, well done. We don't say that to an up each other. You know, we don't know what's going on in their background or what they're doing. And, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm lucky here. We've got a really good support group of farmers and, and peers, and it's it's bloody mint, to be honest. And we're all quite open and look out for each other. And, you know, I've, I've had my issues and people are there with your back. But then that can lift you as a business and as, as farmers. And, um, you know, you lift a region together, not, not siloed in your own space. There's no future in that. Absolutely. There's not, there's not many of us. We're, <laughs> uh, yeah. Is it like two percent, one percent, or something? Yeah, working exactly. anyway. Yep. For yourself, I'd imagine you'd have a fair few of these. But what's your favourite productivity hack? 
Productivity hack, um, delegating, yeah. learning learning to get other people to do that work and just chase them up to have that done. That that has been powerful. Um, locking myself away has been also good. Phone out, set people up so I can just disappear again, getting stuff done, and um, just being planned, being ready for that job, so you can just come in and hit it, and then when and reviewing it afterwards. So I, I keep a diary of stuff, of landmarking how to go, what did I stuff up, where do I prison. Just a paper diary, yeah. And I'll just reflect on it. Might take me months to get back to it, but yeah, just landmarking, you know, I've got a checklist and then I write about it afterwards. You know, this mob shouldn't have gone that way and, and that sort of stuff. It's not digital, nothing flash. <laughs> quite, quite detailed as well, by the sounds. It is good. And I've been doing it since I was eighteen, actually. And reflecting on my own mental health or my own desires and what was jarring me and what I wanted to do, what I couldn't. And, and that over time has been a reflective piece. So that's part of that mindfulness. That was one of those early strategies I learned. I bought myself and is my partner out like gratitude diaries. So we have a self-reflection or it's actually reflection of the day that you want sort of thing and why it's going to be good, what you're going to make about it. Um, Six minute diary, it's called. Not advertising it, but like it's yeah. just six minutes of your day to take it away. It doesn't take up too much time, and you got thirty hours in your day, like yourself, will. Yeah. Um, but That's, yeah, one of those things. Yeah. Um, it's repetitive behavioural therapy. You're building that strategy and that repetitive thing. And I think what is it, ninety days, and then it becomes a habit. You know, it's you just do it. And I think this is one of the things Ram teaches. Like I think my cousin has to basically take his time out because they identified the stress point has to take his time out and, you know, the phone senses that he doesn't do anything for 10 minutes before he can get back in to go do stuff on the, on the app. Like he's got to take the time out. And he said to me, it's, you know, it's now a habit and I look forward to that moment. And, um, yeah, and that's exactly what this diary is for me too. It's, it was good needed behavioural therapy techniques to, to, you know, to help me stop looking at life so negatively and just reflect. And, yeah, sometimes it's nuts and bolts, sometimes it's personal. It's um, yeah, and other times it's just I don't know, weird junk. <laughs> What's in my head? Uh, very good. And on to the next couple. If you weren't doing what you were doing, what would Will be doing? I would probably I'd either be crop dusting, um, I'd be going flying for sure. Um if not, if I went back into the business space, I'd be in wastewater management and um that odor control odor and wastewater management, industrial processing stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, molecular genetics doesn't float my boat that much anymore, but I really enjoyed that um, industrial chemistry. Really enjoyed that. Beautiful. And are you a bookworm, book reader? Do you have any yep. book nations? I read pretty heavily every night. Um, yeah, a couple of books a month at least. Uh, I've been chewing through Vietnam books. Um, there's some amazing memoirs out there through to, I don't know, rabbit holes. Right now I'm on tanks. World War II tanks. <laughs> so it's, it's fascinating, actually. Quite a few German ones. I've read a few German Panzer accounts. And, yeah, um, God, what a time they had. Um, through the classic literature, I try and read a, a classic every month as well that comes up for free in my Kindle. Read everything on a Kindle. Um, that's what I reckon. I'm on his at the moment. That's what I'm reading as a hard copy. I've been dreaming about getting a Kindle or something like that, but... Like I don't mind pulling open the book rather than, but I know Kindle is so much easier. 
Yeah, I, I do it on my phone actually. So I just black background with the white text and I just lie there and it's my shutdown routine. So for me, for sleep, it's critical to, to wind my brain out. I create what I call a shutdown routine to try and avoid medication just to try and you know, create a strategy. So it might be a couple of games of Rummy Cub or something like that or Rubik's Cube. And then, um, yeah, then I'll just try and read and that gets me involved in the book and boom, off I go. And so, yeah, go through a few months. Um, no self-help ones or anything like that. I just can't get into them. I listen to them. A lot of audio books I listen to as well. But, um, yeah, I am a, I'm an information geek. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, we're looking to start up Farm Book Club. I say we. Hey, I'm like just to get that sort of going for the people out there that don't sort of read and think it's not what you should be doing as farmers or whatever, but it's a good space to clear your head or actually learn about yourself or others, other people out there, what others do um, in a quick way as well. So I'll find a way to do that, develop that up a little bit. It was my New Year's resolution three years ago, read a book a month, and I think I'm on one or two a month. So going well. Yeah, it's good. I, I enjoy it. And there's some amazing, there's some great literature out there. It's just so accessible now. You don't have to go to a bookshop to buy it. You can, yeah. for me, I can download it. Um, I've got a few other people into books as well. Yeah, getting them into it, I share my Kindle out and they have a read and yeah, they love it. Oh, good stuff. Well, Will Big Null from Thought Farm, thank you so much for coming on and having a farm yarn with us on the Farms Vice podcast. We'll have to catch up in, I don't know, a year or so, see what else is happening. Yeah, well, hopefully all my big changes come to fruition. I'm literally at the cusp of five years of hard, hard work, rebuilding and restructuring. It's, it's just coming to fruition. So. Yeah, should be much more positive, I hope, and, and you know, feel feel more robust in what I'm doing. Due to this being a new podcast, make sure you share this one with your mates as well, along with the farm's advice to go towards helping out our farming community, breaking down the stigmas and also breaking down to see what is and who is behind the audio. We love to dive into everyone to see what motivates them, what inspires them, and what are they fearful of. You never know until you ask, and I think that can really help someone else out there. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast and spread the farm yarns. If you have a farm yarn that you'd love to have put out there by the podcast, you're more than welcome to come on to the podcast. Email us at hello at farmsadvice.com. Dot A-U. See you next Friday.